0: Book 2, Section 26, Part 1 of The World as Will and Idea, Volume 1, by Arthur Schopenhauer. Translated by J. B. Haldane and J. Kemp. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Book 2, The World as Will, First Aspect, The Objectification of the Will, Section 26. Part one. the lowest grades of the objectification of will are to be found in those most universal forces of nature which partly appear in all matter without exception as gravity and impenetrability and partly have shared the given matter among them so that certain of them reign in one species of matter and others in another species constituting its specific difference as rigidity fluidity elasticity electricity magnetism chemical properties and qualities of every kind they are in themselves immediate manifestations of will just as much as human action and as such they are groundless like human character only their particular manifestations are subordinated to the principle of sufficient reason like the particular actions of men they themselves on the other hand can never be called either effect or cause but are the prior and presupposed conditions of all causes and effects through which their real nature unfolds and reveals itself it is therefore senseless to demand a cause of gravity or electricity for they are original forces their expressions indeed take place in accordance with the law of cause and effect so that every one of their particular manifestations has a cause which is itself again just a similar particular manifestation which determines that this force must express itself here must appear in space and time but the force itself is by no means the effect of a cause nor the cause of an effect it is therefore a mistake to say gravity is the cause of a stone falling for the cause in this case is rather the nearness of the earth because it attracts the stone take the earth away and the stone will not fall although gravity remains the force itself lies quite outside the chain of causes and effects which presupposes time because it only has meaning in relation to it but the force lies outside time the individual change always has for its cause another change just as individual as itself and not the force of which it is the expression for that which always gives its efficiency to a cause however many times it may appear is a force of nature as such it is groundless that is it lies outside the chain of causes and outside the province of the principle of sufficient reason in general and is philosophically known as the immediate objectivity of will which is the in itself of the whole of nature but in etiology which in this reference is physics it is set down as an original force a qualitas occulta in the higher grades of the objectivity of will we see individuality occupy a prominent position especially in the case of man where it appears as the great difference of individual characters that is as complete personality outwardly expressed in strongly marked individual physiognomy which influences the whole bodily form none of the brutes have this individuality in anything like so high a degree though the higher species of them have a trace of it but the character of the species completely predominates over it and therefore they have little individual physiognomy the farther down we go the more completely is every trace of the individual character lost in the common character of the species and the physiognomy of the species alone remains we know the physiological character of the species and from that we know exactly what is to be expected from the individual while on the contrary in the human species every individual has to be studied and fathomed for himself which if we wish to forecast his action with some degree of certainty is on account of the possibility of concealment that first appears with reason a matter of the greatest difficulty it is probably connected with this difference of the human species from all others that the folds and convolutions of the brain which are entirely wanting in birds and very weakly marked in rodents are even in the case of the higher animals far more symmetrical on both sides and more constantly the same in each individual than in the case of human beings it is further to be regarded as a phenomenon of this peculiar individual character which distinguishes men from all the lower animals that in the case of the brutes the sexual instinct seeks its satisfaction without observable choice of objects while in the case of man this choice is in a purely instinctive manner and independent of all reflection carried so far that it rises into a powerful passion while then every man is to be regarded as a specially determined and characterised phenomenon of will and indeed to a certain extent as a special idea in the case of the brutes this individual character as a whole is wanting because only the species has a special significance and the farther we go from man the fainter becomes the trace of this individual character so that plants have no individual qualities left except such as may be fully explained from the favourable or unfavourable external influences of soil climate and other accidents finally in the inorganic kingdom of nature all individuality disappears the crystal alone is to be regarded as to a certain extent individual it is a unity of the tendency in definite directions fixed by crystallization which makes the trace of this tendency permanent it is at the same time a cumulative repetition of its primitive form bound into unity by an idea just as the tree is an aggregate of the single germinating fibre which shows itself in every rib of the leaves in every leaf in every branch which repeats itself and to some extent makes each of these appear as a separate growth nourishing itself from the greater as a parasite so that the tree resembling the crystal is a systematic aggregate of small plants although only the whole is the complete expression of an individual idea that is of this particular grade of the objectification of will but the individuals of the same species of crystal can have no other difference than such as is produced by external accidents indeed we can make at pleasure large or small crystals of every species the individual however as such that is with traces of an individual character does not exist further in unorganised nature all its phenomena are expressions of general forces of nature That is, of those grades of the objectification of will which do not objectify themselves as is the case in organised nature by means of the difference of the individualities which collectively express the whole of the idea but show themselves only in the species and as a whole without any variation in each particular example of it time space multiplicity and existence conditioned by causes do not belong to the will or to the idea the grade of the objectification of will but only to their particular phenomena therefore such a force of nature as for example gravity or electricity must show itself as such in precisely the same way in all its million phenomena and only external circumstances can modify these this unity of its being in all its phenomena this unchangeable constancy of the appearance of these whenever under the guidance of causality the necessary conditions are present is called a law of nature if such a law is once learned from experience then the phenomenon of that force of nature the character of which is expressed and laid down in it may be accurately forecast and counted upon but it is just this conformity to law of the phenomena of the lower grades of the objectification of will which gives them such a different aspect from the phenomena of the same will in the higher that is, the more distinct grades of its objectification in animals and in men and their actions where the stronger or weaker influence of the individual character and the susceptibility to motives which often remain hidden from the spectator because they lie in knowledge has had the result that the identity of the inner nature of the two kinds of phenomena has hitherto been entirely overlooked if we start from the knowledge of the particular and not from that of the idea there is something astonishing and sometimes even terrible in the absolute uniformity of the laws of nature it might astonish us that nature never once forgets her laws that if for example it has once been according to a law of nature that where certain materials are brought together under given conditions a chemical combination will take place or gas will be evolved or they will go on fire if these conditions are fulfilled whether by our interposition or entirely by chance and in this case the accuracy is the more astonishing because unexpected today just as well as a thousand years ago the determined phenomenon will take place at once and without delay. We are most vividly impressed with the marvellousness of this fact in the case of rare phenomena, which only occur under very complex circumstances, but which we are previously informed will take place if these conditions are fulfilled. For example, when we are told that if certain metals, when arranged alternately in fluid with which an acid has been mixed, are brought into contact, silver leaf brought between the extremities of this combination will suddenly be consumed in a green flame or that under certain conditions the hard diamond turns into carbonic acid it is the ghostly omnipresence of natural forces that astonishes us in such cases and we remark here what in the case of phenomena which happen daily no longer strikes us how the connection between cause and effect is really as mysterious as that which is imagined between a magic formula and a spirit that must appear when invoked by it on the other hand if we have attained to the philosophical knowledge that a force of nature is a definite grade of the objectification of will that is to say a definite grade of that which we recognise as our own inmost nature and that this will in itself and distinguished from its phenomena and their forms lies outside time and space and that therefore the multiplicity which is conditioned by time and space does not belong to it nor directly to the grade of its objectifications that is, the idea but only to the phenomena of the idea and if we remember that the law of causality has significance only in relation to time and space inasmuch as it determines the position of the multitude of phenomena of the different ideas in which the will reveals itself governing the order in which they must appear if i say in this knowledge the inner meaning of the great doctrine of kant has been fully grasped the doctrine that time space and causality do not belong to the thing in itself but merely to the phenomenon that they are only the forms of our knowledge not qualities of things in themselves then we shall understand that this astonishment at the conformity to law and accurate operation of a force of nature this astonishment at the complete sameness of all its million phenomena and the infallibility of their occurrence is really like that of a child or a savage who looks for the first time through a glass with many facets at a flower and marvels at the complete similarity of the innumerable flowers which he sees and counts the leaves of each of them separately End of Book 2, Section 26, Part 1, Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.